Greetings, salutations, and welcome to episode 79 of the Blog Pod. We're making our way through the 70s with a little bit more pace than we demonstrated throughout some of the previous decades, it's fair to say. Yeah, well, the 70s was quite forgettable for most people, so... I can't say I was witness to any of it, but uh, I've heard nothing but good things. I snuck into the end of it, but anyway... Yeah, it went went downhill quickly after that. Yeah, anyway... Well, I'm going to say it. Steve Smith has surpassed the Huss. I didn't think any other cricketer would be able to inspire wow. such such pride, such admiration, and such strangely deeply disturbing emotions. But yeah. he's done it quite honestly. I mean, five centuries in six tests. I think he's the only player to score two thousand plus test runs in the last two years. Impressive and unbelievable things for me has been his form across all formats of the game. I mean. I just mentioned the five centuries and six tests, but in that same period, he strung together five consecutive half centuries, including one century, in the last five games of the World Cup, becoming, I think, the only player ever to score a 50 in the quarterfinal, semifinal, and final of a World Cup. And from the brief reports I get on the IPL, which, of course, I don't consider real cricket, but they still get mentioned in my Crick Info newsletter... I saw a couple of times where he was steering his side home in that as well. I mean, other than Ponting in the early noughties, I don't think I've ever seen a player demonstrate such just sheer awesomeness across all the different formats of the game. He, yeah, wow, what a guy. Get him up here, you yeah, big buffy. Yeah, exactly. There are those who believe his poo is actually pure white Steve Smith and there's no spell at all and I can believe it. But, yeah, and I was thinking about it when I saw he turned up again and I was like, he is actually, yeah, in the same league as the Huss and Steve Waugh right now. And that is some pretty lofty company, let me tell you. So, yeah, Did you massive... thought that you would be saying that four years ago? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is a credit to him, Wilkie. He's exactly. He's away and spent so much time working on his game. And Yeah, I mean, him and Hashim Amla... Uh, two guys who show that even in this modern day and age of IPL and multi-million dollar contracts for just bowling four overs or sitting on the sidelines half the time, it is still possible to actually apply yourself, improve your game and develop good fundamentals. I mean, when both of those guys first came onto the international scene, you would have gotten huge odds for them to be even moderately successful players, let alone the world beaters they've become. So... Yeah, but Smitty, God, when I think back to that bloody pie-chucking all-rounder, the the vintage Australian uh, noughties all-rounder who was shit with the bat and shit with the ball, but because he could do both, he was somehow getting a game. Um, Shout out to to the freak, (laughs) Ian Harvey. Super freak. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but, oh, yeah, just salute to Smitty. Although I will say this, if he shits the bed during the ashes, then it will be all for naught, because I'd gladly trade five centuries against India and the West Indies for two in this upcoming Ashes series. So here's hoping he can keep the dream alive, keep it happening, because yeah. God knows we need him to. Oh, and hopefully Dave Warner will stop nicking off in the first over too. Yeah. That could Pierce be an ominous sign. Pierce off Warner. I actually think that through his absence, Rogers is actually absolutely guaranteed his spot for Cardiff mm. because all it's shown is wow we really have no one who's capable of just 
toughing it out, grinding out a few runs and getting through to lunch unbeaten. Yeah, Warner and Sean Marsh is is not a not a good opening pair. You certainly wouldn't be hoping to see that after this series. And I don't think you will. No, maybe in the same team, but yeah, Sean Marsh is an opener in and of itself, but particularly alongside Davey. Yeah, it's not good, Strawny. It's not good. We've been joined by a special guest here at the recording studio, Timbo. We're trying to work out how this is probably one of his only appearances that hasn't been an iPod for hell of late. So and we're also, just wondering where the shitty music is right now. And probably also wondering how he got past security as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, doesn't... I can't answer that one. door just open. Change. I told you you got to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> These sorts of shit. As Sean, uh, Sean G once said to me, wandering through West Perth, oh, that's what I hate about West Perth. The sort of dodgy characters I bump into around here. <laughs> yes. Case in point, Mr. Archer. Sorry. Who was uh, having a good chuckle before at my dream team misfortune. I did give a PSA in, in our last podcast. To the man of steel. Side bottom. Yeah. Well, that steel fucking rusted. Seriously. I sent around an email about ten minutes into the second quarter. Vociferously berating him for only being on nine points as my captain. And the only way that got any worse was when I got a response a couple of minutes later going, uh, it's six points now. <laughs> From a guy who sits over on the other side of our office and said he could hear the groan <laughs> coming from my desk when that email got through. I mean, the scary thing is he was lucky to get 62. <laughs> well, he joked it up late. He, yeah. went, he went whiz man behind the ball in the last quarter. Where was that for the first two quarters, Steele? Uh, God damn it, Leroy. Yeah. And well, Adam Oxley yeah. was doing it for most of the first three quarters. Yeah. Hence his ridiculously large score. The and week after I trained him out, Roo's, thank you. Poor Rue's stuck in a bit of a yeah. sticky situation now. The miscommunication. <laughs> did you hear about all that? Yes, I did. And, uh, well, I take the blame, but really, it's the player's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Taking the blame. Purdy style. <laughs> Bruce has learned well. Yes, well, yeah. didn't, didn't Clarko say there should be some sort of prerequisite um, sort of development and training course before a coach could become, yeah, like an AFL coach? If there is at the moment, it seems like it's, yeah, <laughs> passing the buck. <laughs> yeah. And we're not talking about Nathan. By blaming others. We're not talking Nathan Buck. Bucks! <laughs> yeah. And a shout out to him for being man enough to actually remain in the coaching role, having had major surgery. Yeah. Brad Scott, we're looking at you right now. Petulance was at an all-time low last week. Oh! Particularly as the Kangaroos actually didn't win, so... <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have known what to do with himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I really think the umpire was atrocious today. Uh, yeah, Br- Brad, you actually... You actually won today. <laughs> yeah. What? Those two. Oh! Those two uh, fifty-meter penalties that you got gifted. Oh, Boomer Harvey. Yeah. You are. Quite frankly. A cunt of a worm. Yeah. I'm going to go with. And all the North Melbourne players coming out saying, "Oh, 
Well, if it gets away with it and gives you an advantage, I'd do it too. That's exactly how the whole drug supplement scandal at Essendon started, all right? And it's that exactly, sort of blasé attitude to being a dick right there. And it's exactly how the Johnson or ducking thing <laughs> permeated itself through the league as well. Fucking ducking. It's a slippery slope, all right? So don't start down that roller coaster ride. Lindsay Thomas yeah. disapproves this message. Otherwise, you could end up finding yourself with a one-year paid vacation to Paris. So take some time to think about that. Possibly the only downside would be that you might bump into Herdy over there. <laughs> That'd be more that Herdy'd be trying to inject you with some exactly. kind of vitamins approved by Mark Well, Most vitamins are injected rather than taken orally. No, it's ingested. Well, ingested, injected, yeah. But if the Swiss have to... taught us nothing else, it's that, you know, most multivitamins are actually, you know, done via a, a needle into your yeah. arm. Mm. Hang on, there's something not quite right about yeah. that. Yeah, we did, we did, we need it's just saying, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to watch the language out of Essendon. I've said this before, Paul Little likes to use the phrase ingested instead of injected. There's a big difference between the two, as you've quite rightly... Little man, little man. How yes. that bag of riches just, just goes to prove that it's the, the Mark Robinson effect, is that if you can be in the right place at the right, at the right time, it doesn't matter how dumb you actually are. The you do get a chance... You do get a cheap success. This is from his best-selling book on tape series. <laughs> I'm Slowo. <laughs> Which actually was 98% written and spoken by Jared Whateley. <laughs> After James Hurd had read it first. Just to make sure the messaging was on speed. Yeah, because God knows he was not too happy about having to sit through one tough interview, you know. Yeah. Sort of the 36 month period, and wow, suddenly someone's actually asking the questions that should have been asked right from the start. I can, I can see why Herdy would have been thrown by that. Yeah. I think he was actually pushing the uh, Demetrio panic button under the desk as it was happening, not realised that Gilbert had that thing disconnected. <laughs> Shortly after he actually ran Essendon to warn them that the thing was about to anyway, you, unfold. You had, you had something to comment on with regards to the fan engagement as well. Oh, God. Where to begin? Well, we're at episode 79. We could probably get well and truly into the 90s just based on that email. Yeah, speaking of Gilded Dill, my God. I I don't know what's worse. The fact that I get this email and it's like, oh, fuck, it's Hamish McLaughlin. And then I sort of notice that slightly more old-fashioned haircut and it's like, oh, I don't know whether to be happy or sad about this. (laughs) The uh, seven-year-old from our last iPod films <laughs> in a similar vote from memory, but yeah, we won't revisit that upon threats from our legal team. Mm. But um, no, look, yeah, good call. I don't actually. We may need to uh, go and grab a laptop to get it in front of us because there was certainly far too much to uh, yeah to criticise for me to be able to remember it all off the top of my head. Well, but for starters, to begin with, <laughs> a couple of the the key stats that they've thrown out there. It's Fans are more engaged with the AFL. It is Australia's number one sport. It's like, oh yeah, what did you base that on? Scroll down a little bit. Oh, okay, according to this, 44% of the Australian population are engaged with the AFL. Hmm, did you happen to come up with this finding based on this survey, which was sent more or less exclusively to fans of the AFL? 
Yeah. Helen? Which one's called AFL Fan Focus? Just quietly, when that's your total population, you're quite likely to see a fair bit of engagement for the AFL. Mm. I don't know whether you could then extrapolate that out to the Australian population as a whole, but in Gil's way of thinking, there probably is no so, population that don't follow the there's AFL. Victoria and everywhere yeah. else. And those Muppets who threw $45 million away trying to get the other football world. I was going to say, there's there's Victorians, there's these two toilet holes (laughs) up to the north where they're just chucking money in. And Israel Folau gets flushed away. Yeah. The floater. (laughs) There's these places west. I mean, this year's the year of the fan. You wouldn't know it in WR. We're blown. I'm blown away by that. Probably quite appropriate. That's what they said. The AFL is the year. It's the year of the fan, and it's like, well, what what great things have we done for engagement for fans? And they list all these things. You got sit there looking at it, going, no, you haven't done any of these. Oh, more to the point, if you have, it's so blatantly obvious that did you really need to have a special fan themed year in order to come up with this shit? I mean, honestly, what's next? Oxygen to all those who attend football games. <laughs> Or football picked, game. Up, picked over remnants of muffins available in the stairwell. <laughs> the score displayed on the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now look, I think let's uh, perhaps let's grab the email, have it in front. But of hey, us and... but in all seriousness, I'd like to give Gil a pat on the back for reducing the cost of pies, chips, and water at the MCG. In oh, I idea. believe you've just been called for a hand in the back there, Cheese. There were two actions, so <laughs> you've given away the free kick. I'm afraid. Gil's lining up for the set shot. <laughs> Hopefully the fan doesn't blow it off course. Mm. Yeah, no, look, I'm, I think I'm, you've worked me up into it quite well now. Let's perhaps get the email in front of us and we'll go through it piece by piece. All right, so we now have the horror in front of us. And my God, that, that picture is even worse than I remember. What exactly is he doing with his face there? He's not quite smiling. He's not quite grimacing. There's like... Four or five different emotions being expressed at once. He looks like Mr. Bean. <laughs> and he talks like him too, actually. Kind of yeah, good call. Yeah, but so off to a bad start. You know, any email with that picture in the header is not exactly going to be setting the world on fire. But uh, as we scroll down, let's pick away at it here. So yeah, 42% of the Australian population is interested in the AFL based only on a sample of AFL fans. So that's... I've got to be honest, that's a bit concerning for it's them. It's actually low. Yeah, 58% of your uh, AFL fan-focused groups I'd also, <laughs> aren't interested. I'd also be worried in the 36% who aren't passionate supporters. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing these surveys for then? Exactly. It can't possibly be it's just like, for the joy of getting these emails afterwards. It's like, it's like the people who, who uh, do those polling things and ring up and don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to stand yeah. up for the things yeah. that you almost don't believe in. Oh, I don't know, Jeez. That's pretty dangerous thoughts there. <laughs> Karl Marx would approve of that sort of radicalism. And then there's some god-awful word cloud, which seems to have players, playing, and play as three of the biggest words. So that's yeah. awesome. Where's play on, though? Just uh, touched play on! Just, uh, just, just a little bit of advice for AFL. This is a... <laughs> Professional consulting advice here for you. There's a thing called a porter stemmer. You might want to try using it in future. And also fix Gil's face. But what is the seeing, looking, playing? Yeah. 
season, hopefully. <laughs> Somebody, it's, a, it's, a, it's an just, inspirational message yeah. of our times. <laughs> Some, somebody just discovered Wordle, I think, and hey, let's just throw some text yeah, in there. They're putting the words in Wordle. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Gil's putting the deal in Wordle. <laughs> so as we move down, yeah, everyone predicted the top eight wrong, but they did predict five to win the Brownlow, which is pretty brave considering his record with suspension. Oh, and then also they've said... And the dodgy shoulders, but yeah. yeah. That too. To make sure... Yeah, it's from carrying his team for two years. <laughs> to make sure our season launch TV commercial engaged with our fans, even though 56% of them aren't interested in the sport, <laughs> we asked a small number of fan-focused members to provide feedback in bold. That providing feedback, that's a bold strategy there. In font and in theory. Throughout the course of the development of the commercial. My goodness, so you didn't wait till afterwards when it was all too late? How do these guys come up with this? They, they've got some real thinkers over there at AFL. Real, real thinkers. Deep thinkers. Philosophical. Existential, almost. I have no words. Where was that in the word cloud? I've got some for you, if you need to borrow some. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a picture of Eric Banner with a Saints scarf on. Commiserations, buddy. Last year, you told us food prices were too high. Purchasing tickets had become complicated, although that implies that it was once simple, which (laughs) might be going back a little while. And you didn't like Sunday and Monday night matches, but wanted more traditional Saturday afternoon matches scheduled. We heard you, so we cancelled Sunday and Monday night. And we bought in Thursday night instead, baby, the stalwart of the buy rounds. When there's only six games to begin with, let's stretch it out from Thursday onwards. Nothing robs the momentum of a season like the buy rounds, unless they are buy rounds that begin on a Thursday night. Well, Adelaide are actually pushing, the two Adelaide clubs are actually pushing for Thursday night. In all seriousness. Was that because they were told they couldn't have Monday? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> they were, they've, they've been pushing for Thursday night games, apparently. Well, let them have them. But not against Hawthorne. Do you know how fucking annoying that is? Adelaide v Hawthorne. A really interesting game, given the way the Hawks have been up and down this, this season. Like an elevator. And it's on a Thursday night. Is there more than one of these games? Yes! Because yeah. then the following week, we've got the Frio Collingwood debacle on Thursday. Didn't know that. Oh, it's amazing you didn't suddenly get a Thursday night hockey fixture that week, Timo, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah can we, Timo, can we ta- Timo's farewell uh, can we actually, attendance at a game this season. Can we actually tackle that? Well, yeah. Let's, let's stepping back to the whole, only 44% of fans are interested in the AFL. Timo has called it. <laughs> and his hockey just, in potentially Fremantle's first ever premiership season... Nah, <laughs> I'll give it a miss. It's not worth it. <laughs> you know, you should sign up to do these surveys, mate. <laughs> as long as it doesn't clash with your hockey fixtures, obviously. But yeah. So, of course, the reason that Jamison's laughing it up is because he's the beneficiary of that. He'll be scoring free tickets to all but the Western Derby. Because when I explained to Timbo that he'd be wearing his Eagles scarf, he said, Oh, no, you can't have a ticket for that one, then. <laughs> I also am not that stupid. I I also agree that I would have been sitting between him and Mrs. Archer. That that, that could have only ended badly. But uh, 
I'm not that stupid. I actually enjoy breathing and living at the moment. I'd be a bit worried that I'd get thrown off the second tier. <laughs> That's just my dad. Mrs. Archer suddenly finding the strength to hoist him over his head and just like Undertaker tombstone pile driver style. Yes. Although, yeah, granted, you're not exactly getting a set of blockbuster fixtures. I believe it was Brisbane, Melbourne, Cowton, and uh, GWS. And remember, that's at the ground where their best ever result is, I believe, something like a 76-point loss. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> oh, at least Freo won't lose, because then Mrs Archer might glance to her right and see you smiling and <laughs> humming the Eagles theme song as we left the ground. So, Another tombstone pile driver! That's gotta have finished him! <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, so back on. Tim Gill, here's, 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 your, here's an, you, uh, yeah, here's a symptom of what's gone wrong. Just, Timbo's just, choosing hockey over it. Just for the record, how did this become all about me and not the describing person here? It's probably because it's hard to stick on Timbo when he's here. The beneficiary. Yeah. And it's hard to stay on. Blockbuster matches. Yeah. It's hard to stay on Timbo when he doesn't say anything. Like <laughs> we could just sort of have one of these like. 12 seconds of white noise it's like alright let's throw it out to GJ to get his take on this <laughs> although to be fair he does come up with some superlative one liners on the iPod for help yeah. for some reason yeah, <laughs> he doesn't say it. much but what he says <laughs> but okay. quality not quantity so anyway back to the uh, lack of quality so prices were reduced for a range of food and beverage options but only at two stadiums in Melbourne so, yeah Sunday and Monday night matches have been removed from the fixture. And in more, Melbourne. Saturday af- more Saturday afternoon matches have been included. In Melbourne. Are, are, are they... I'd like to see their data on that. Yeah, no, they actually are playing more Saturday afternoon matches. There's a lot more double-ups on the Saturday these days. There's usually one inter- inter- well, one non-Victorian game and one Victorian game on the They're Saturday. They're gentlemen. Yeah, but when that's being offset by a Thursday night game every second week... Or 75% of the time coupled with a Carlton game on the Friday night. <laughs> yeah, can we, can we get on to that? <laughs> can the genius who put Carlton on Friday night for the first, like, seemed like every week at the start of the year, can that genius go get another job, please? I mean... Yeah, because he cost Malthouse his. <laughs> yeah, he would have been happy to sit there out of the spotlight in a Sunday night time slot, actually. That's exactly right. But no, Friday night. For his uh, record-breaking game as coach, which featured a record-breaking pantsing. <laughs> and he was gone, what, five weeks after that? Yeah. Not even that long, I think. Oh, I'm giving him a bit of credit. I figure after 712 games, we'll, we'll round it up for him <laughs> to the nearest decade. But still, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, uh, so, yeah. moving on. And look at where the scroll bar is. There's still so much left of this uh, You forgot about the user lobby and kick to kicks back, once again, in Melbourne. And Do you only... notice, a th- notice a common theme here? Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is, it a, uh, yeah. <laughs> is it a location-based theme? Could, you oh, could say that. Oh, I, think I'm, I think I'm onto it then. They're all in Australia. No, wait, that's, that's not Prices that. for... Leave AFL, with me. I'll, I'll, prices for me. AFL matches are now in the hands of clubs. Yeah, because they'll never just rob us blind. How much are we playing for official club merchandise these days? Sort of triple figures for a club jumper and that sort of thing? Oh, well, if they're in control of the ticketing as well, then awesome. 
just in time to have a three quarters empty new stadium here in Perth. Yeah. Gil, it's it's spelled P E R T H. Yeah. Look it up. <sighs> anyway, moving on. Oh, now here we go. We're really tackling the big ticket issues here. They were not afraid to go there. The Eddie Had Stadium roof. The roof. Dun, dun, dun. The roof. <laughs> the roof. The roof is on fire. Oh, God. Roofies. <laughs> as, as aficionados of the stadium will hereafter be, be known. Fans believe that the roof being open on a sunny day has a negative impact on the quality of the match. Bull. S. S. No shit, Sherlock. I still don't believe it though. Seriously, who out there is actually saying? Oh, I question sunny in here. I question these figures. Only fifty-two percent of people prefer the roof closed for day games. That means forty-eight percent prefer it open. That's <laughs> hardly a ring endorsement of what you just said. But not just that. Have they actually been to a game at Etihad when the roof's open? Trust me, I have. Wait, there's a you roof. You can't at see anything. <laughs> My eyes, the goggles do nothing. <laughs> And who are the, and just for the record, who are the 34% of people who don't want the roof closed on a rainy day? <laughs> the ones who... Just messing up the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> they're the ones who say, I don't know when they yeah. Yeah. And somehow that gets factored into these figures. Well, they're probably just the ones who go, oh, fuck this thing, man. I'm yeah. just going to say the opposite of everything. Yeah, they're the ones who just fail to pay their water you know, bill for the last three months. It's those Geelong supporters who saw North get beaten there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's all, all right. People who up with off. this, we yeah. will not put. Yes. I think you're onto something there. <laughs> double the, the Scott brothers, yeah, double the outrage. It's all the, it's all the people who want to see the Scott sisters suffer. The Australian nation. <laughs> 100% of them. Uh, but anyway, moving on from then, Angela Sun's weather. We asked um, fan-focused members about the new electronic LED signage of various venues. 58% of them thought that we could actually land an airplane next to them uh, that bright. Yeah, this, yeah, this is oh, one no, of the Oh, no, that's not what it says. Sorry. No. 58% felt it had either a positive effect or no effect at all. I now, guess... I would bet anything. 55% of those 58% said no effect. So, oh, jeez, we're getting some terrible results for those fucking electronic advertising things. Oh, so really? what they're saying Just is... see if you can include the, uh, the neutral group in the figure. That... What they're actually saying is that 42% of people believe it's having a negative effect. That too, yeah. Because the, just... the uh, middle group are all in this, are all in this one. <laughs> and as I say, yeah, I reckon of that 58%, positive or neutral... Yeah. I'd be going. It, the the percentage who were neutral would definitely start with a five, I'd say. Yeah, and I, I, either that or they're bored. Yeah, probably <laughs> because the roof was left open at Eddie had that day. Well, the roof was on fire. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And that, but that is just that figure in particular just summed up the whole thing to me. It's well, when we get results that don't conform with everything exactly as we want to report it and exactly as we want it to be. We'll just massage the figures in order to make it appear positive or neutral anyway. Right, you, you're not... You... Do you notice the way I just somehow slipped into Dermot voice then without even realising it? I think that says a lot about the... Uh... You, see, you sit down, the, the thing about that is, is that, you know, if you haven't really kind of been paying, fast. Slow down. paying Slow down. attention to the, like, the tri- how the tribunal works, is that's exactly kind of what they did when it came to this whole drug 
supplement kind of thing when we were talking about Essendon and the AFL. Okay, and you're racing. It's, it's 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 just not on. It's a hundred percent of people weren't neutral about it, but we shan't be reporting on what proportion of those were positive or negative. <laughs> let's just say there was a vast, vast no, middle ground. But it's, 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 it's let's just say it's not like the AFL to fudge results. <laughs> so then, yeah, they'll come. They'll come back and say, you know, this shows that we listen to you guys. And we reinterpret what you're saying when it doesn't match what we want to hear. That's that's governance right there. Gillen governance. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Governance of the gill. What about club captains tossing he coin before the match? Oh, I think that's a little sexist, actually. Well, it's not just, exactly in keeping with the uh, anti-sexism round, I'm which just, surely is somewhere yeah. <laughs> scattered amongst yeah. the other um, novelty rounds. I think it's round red twenty. Yeah. Right, right between uh, right between national dwarf tossing ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And the uh, celebrating the rich heritage of uh, Portuguese players in yeah. the league. I believe Timbo actually came up with a very, very good theory on this one, which was that in a couple of years' time, there will be a nothing's happening this round, round, which will stand out as the only one of the 23 where there isn't some bullshit minority group or some story being honoured for their contribution to the game. The Eddie Hat Stadium Roof Builders round. Well, I think it's coming soon. <laughs> to a grand near you. Yeah, but it'll probably be the but, first yeah. week of the final. Just, just, just quietly, if you're going to send this thing out to thousands and thousands of people, you might want to run a spell check or a grammar check through it. Oh, it's spelled correctly, to be fair to them. They spelled he correctly, so yeah. props, props to them on that one. It was originally HI, so they did get picked <laughs> up on it, but they uh, failed to realise that, in fact, uh, I do they were like trying that. to say the. And is not that common a word, is it? So. Uh, <laughs> I also love point two, players running through the batter at the start of the match. Well, Carlton failed to do that round two. <laughs> Carlton have failed to do a lot of things <laughs> this right. season, in fairness, though. Other than play on Friday nights, really. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what right, have they done? Half the weeks they haven't done that either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not just the buy round. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, what I would like to see is... Okay, so fans get the most enjoyment out of playing the winning team song after the siren, players running through the banner, club captains tossing he-coin, apology to the feminists, playing both teams' theme songs before matches, and cheer squads sitting behind the goals. Now, what the fuck were the other options? I mean, did they also say that they liked having an oval ball and 22 players on each side? Did they like the fact that there were two little sticks and two big sticks at either end of the ground? Like... Exactly what were the, uh, the, the the really groundbreaking initiatives that failed to crack the top five on that survey? We really need to see the original <laughs> list in all, its, <laughs> in all its unfiltered glory to see what didn't quite make the cut. There's got to be something like befouling the toilets. That was the, uh, the Michael, oh, Michael Slater clause oh, that has yeah. now been worked into all sports stadiums. Oh, oh, that's probably the outlier. I was going to say... Yeah, I was going to say that uh, Eddie, Eddie Maguire commentating clearly didn't make the cut either. Oh, well, I, I think it, it did, but, but fans were 100% um, non-responsive to it. Let's, let's go with that. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Eddie, you happy with that one? Yeah. Fuck All you, right. Eddie. Yeah, good to hear. 
That's well, that sounds like King Kong. Oh, oh too soon. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, so you won't hear anything from Eddie. That was me just giving him the, the, the swift punches to the face that he so rightly deserves. That was awesome. <laughs> Eddie needs a lifeline. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so moving on, we're still got 60, that scroll bar still isn't anywhere near the bottom. Sixty-one percent of fans would support the introduction of explaining some free kicks on the scoreboard. <laughs> maybe, think, maybe to the umpires as well. I, I think hundred percent of fans would um, support some explanation of the free kicks in general, whether yeah. they're on the scoreboard or otherwise. In fact, I think Brad Scott would be um, in with us on that one. Oh. That's why he's had back surgery. Too much whiplash from all the uh, exhortations after he gets a free kick paid against his side. Oh. But yeah, my God. I'd, I'd, I'd like to meet the guys who actually came up with this survey. 65% of fans... <laughs> Tackling the big issues between the shoulders and the knees. <laughs> 60, and 65% of fans would support broadcasting score reviews over the stadium PA. So you get to hear... Inconclusive. Inconclusive. Umpire's call. <laughs> and here come the pretzels. <laughs> yeah. But what I like is, oh, we won't ask what percentage of fans actually support the goal review system. Let's just ask what percentage of them want to hear it broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another bullet dodged. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Is she coming? We can move on. Yeah. <laughs> That's In- right. Inconclusive. People want to know. <laughs> yeah. People want to know. Well, review complete. <laughs> Findings non-conformist. <laughs> Proceeding to massage. <laughs> Not that kind of massage, dude. No happy ending. 80% of AFL fans use TV to seek out general news and sports news. Who gives a shit? Quite honestly. What are the other 20% doing? I don't know. You know what? I don't particularly care either. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that no one in the known and unknown universe cares about that fact. But there it is, right there in the email. 63% of 14 to 24-year-olds use Facebook to seek out general and sports news. Oh, yeah. See, they are really down with the hipster generation right there. And not just in the way of Hamish McLaughlin doing the halftime interviews. <laughs> They've heard of this uh, book face, sorry, Facebook thing as well. They are, wow, they are really And 94% of them own a smartphone with Facebook, YouTube and Instagram, the most popular apps. In the words of Dr. Evil, to paraphrase him, they're hip, they're with it. <laughs> and what has this got to do with the AFL? Yeah, Especially well, general news. Timbo, Timbo, shut it, shut it. Gil, Gil may be monitoring this podcast. Engagement. It's not like an AFL yeah. news, it's just sport. Hey, That's the only way they can get people engaged. How about they just have something to make calls? Maybe they should make an app for that. Wow, only 44% of people are interested in the AFL. Oh, well, we better chuck some questions about TV and Facebook in there then to, to hook them in. Oh, is it nearly over? My it God. Is. What an absolute train wreck of an email. This, I, the only thing I can draw parallels to are the, the Bender presentation. Mr Jamison will know what I'm referring to here. But essentially one of the, the just simply the worst professional presentations I've ever seen delivered, which then got emailed around to us a couple of days after the presentation was given. And similar to this, we sat there and spent about 45 minutes picking it apart one slide at a time. It's, I wonder if it's the same author, actually. It's 
possible. Was that a picture of Bender behind Gil? He did look a little bit Bender-esque, actually. Sort of inhuman and metallic. <laughs> I, have absolutely, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking oh, about. The Bender Prezzo. How could you forget <laughs> such a shining example you of can tell incompetence? I've seen plenty of presentations over the years. Oh, man, yeah. I, I still have vivid memories of a tracker presentation that only had one dot on it. I do seem to recall that one. But anyway, somehow. Yeah. we won't go into that. But uh, you that also... Be, uh, you another also, 10 episodes right there. You, um, you also wanted to comment on the fantastic letter. Oh, yes, exactly. Put up as well. Proving that the AFL are really down with this whole uh, interweb thing that seems to have just taken the world by storm over the last couple of years. They have a website. Granted, it's... 98% Telstra Big Pond ads that shit all over your bandwidth, but somewhere buried deep within those bloody banners are actual content. Well, perhaps not actual content, according to the ladder for this season. Because when I went to check it out the other day, being interested in what Geelong's record was like in night games versus day games this season, because I was thinking, well, Hawthorne shat all over them, West Coast shat all over them, but then again, they killed Carlton, they killed Collingwood. They've actually done all right in the night games. So I thought, let's bring in the old uh, day record, night record columns, which I once infamously used to predict the uh, <laughs> the Tigers only hunt at night <laughs> uh, tip. But anyway, brought it up. I was like, hmm, that's a little interesting, isn't it? The number of wins for each team this season is exactly the same as their number of wins during the day. Apparently, 100% of fixtures this season have been day results. Probably all Saturday afternoon results, based on that survey, come to yeah. think of it. But no games played at night? I'm, I'm just I'm trying to think. I've I'm sure there's a, been at least one game I've been to at least two night games this year. Yeah, two, you reckon? Yeah, yeah. at least two. I, I do love the fact that I, I honestly think the reason that's happened is probably because some numpty who works for them has set the criteria for night game being starts at 11pm or later, so none of these fixtures are making the yeah. cut. But, yeah, that might be something to actually do a survey on. Would, would fans be interested in night games? It's, it's a bold strategy, I know. Put that in bold maybe, font when maybe, you discuss uh, it. Maybe on Friday night, Stephen. Mm. So, yeah. So, I think we'll, we'll have to post a couple of screenshots on Twitter. One will be of Gil's face in this email, and the other one will be of this ladder. See if you can figure out where the night games have gone. Where have all the night games gone? <laughs> And we've got some good news for listeners. Bringing the average dulcetity up, Mr. Matthew, what's his middle initial, Collins? Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? Those South African tones are doing things to me already. (laughs) It's a gift. (laughs) Yes, a special gift. I will cherish it always. (laughs) Happy to be back. What are we talking about today? Doesn't matter. Listen to him go. (laughs) Gee, do you want to throw it in? Well... I'm struggling to control myself. You're, a, you're the resident soccer expert amongst us. Uh, football. Football. Oh, I call it soccer, sorry. I approve. Gil <laughs> McLaughlin approves this message. hear your take on FIFA and removal of the bladder infection? Well, soon to be, or hopefully soon to be, a removal. I think it's just I think a case it's of. 10 months away still, isn't it? Well, this is the thing. They've called for more immediate action. Um, <laughs> 
but now it's just a question of whether that's actually going to happen. So I'm glad to see that the response has been, oh, great, so you say you're going to step down. Actually, can you do that a bit sooner? Um, that's the kind of response no, I no, want no, to no. get. Don't get greedy. Come on, come on. Don't get greedy. <laughs> but I see what you're doing there. Um, remember, this is FIFA. But I think it's a scenario where he's been pushed into a corner, realised his number's pretty much up, and yet is playing a very clever game at bowing out uh, with something he thinks is probably dignity. James Hurd um, is well and truly on yeah, side. I was going to say, Mick Malthouse approves this message yeah. as well. See you in Paris, Blatt. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> probably still getting paid, too. <laughs> so, I think knowing that he could be dragged more heavily under the bus by trying to keep up his delusions, he's... Hopefully, several major organs being ruptured. <laughs> just, uh, just, just on this point, anybody out there who doesn't watch last week tonight with John Oliver, I suggest you trace down the clips for, for, uh, for this incident. His, over uh, last FIFA week. critique. Yeah, he, he did a good FIFA critique before the World, the Cup, last World Cup last year. Yeah. But he's done a couple this year and one on this particular point. My highlight is the one with is it Jack Jack Warner is his name the, yeah, the yep. second in charge. Davy's brother. Davy's brother, Jack, yeah. Um, talking about why we're biased against America. Look at this news article. It says that we're giving them uh, we're giving them a, a honorary World Cup in 2015. Clearly we're not all bad. Not realising, of course, that he was using the onion as his source of knowledge well, for... That does make me weep, so it is quite appropriate. Phil said... Um, for said things, so yeah, that was. Uh, you can see he's really putting in the hard yards, yeah. research-wise. I thought that was uh, that was a, a real highlight. That shades of the old uh, North Korean media agency but, reporting uh, reporting the onion as fact. The, uh, the, the other funny thing that I loved was John Oliver went on Trinidad TV during the week with uh, the <laughs> mid TV. The minutes of well, apparently Jack Warner had bought four minutes stating his case about how he wasn't corrupt and all of this. Three and a half. Of on, on Trinidad TV, you can buy that space. And apparently it was before Mike and Molly, which was another funny thing. Um, seems, seems so as soon as, as soon as John Oliver found out about this, he decided, well, if that's how the game is played, I could buy four minutes of TV too. Not that's in the old noodle. Not only did he do that, he did it with the title, The Mittens of Disapproval Are Off. That's pretty insightful yeah. language to be using. Yeah. How did the... Uh, Trinidadians and Toboggans respond to that? I don't really know. I've only seen the clip, and the clip itself was very, very funny. How many so, people actually have television in Trinidad? Maybe that's where the AFL should be asking those sorts of questions. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I guess um, given that... Um, no, but look, it's... I mean, it's... Yeah, wow, they've to, finally taken things. one tiny little baby step in the right direction. Yeah. It doesn't really well, I mean, sort of make but, up for the, the years, decades of... Um, gee, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, what? Wow. Cronyism. Who would have thought that the Qatar actually bought the World Cup? Jeez, we'd never have guessed that. that. I'm shocked. Shocked. Yeah. Well, not that shocked. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, whoever's going to supposedly come in, and like I said, I hope that's sooner rather than later, whoever's yeah. going to come in, 
immediate questions will be raised as to, okay, so what are we doing with mm. regards to the leagues that have been asked to reschedule, or yeah. some of them anyway? Because yeah. um, the English Premier League, you know, that's not that important. It doesn't really have that much of <laughs> yeah. a following. You well, know, well, you can just sort of shut that around a little bit. European football yeah. in general, it, fun, yeah. it funds a hell of a lot of world football. Gil might actually be consulting to them at the moment on the uh, strength of Thursday night fixtures, which could be something for them to consider. So... Yeah, you know. But apparently it, Sunday nights are out. Just keep no, that in mind. No. I think if anything, if they were to consider moving dates or anything like that uh, of the World Cup or adjusting fixtures with the various leagues, you might see an African Cup of Nations compromise where players leave and it's not uh, a World Cup that's put outside of the, the major leagues to... Mm. If it was an American if, if it was an American Cup of Nations, FIFA would probably be okay with that, though. <laughs> oh wait, sorry, I'm reading from the Onion again. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, it got me again. I think we might just have that anomaly year where uh, yes, just, yeah, remember that year. Yeah. That anomaly that was year. A crazy time. Some of the teams would be absolutely decimated under that model. They would, and that's why I mean, uh, that's what I mean when I say anomaly it. year, where in an African Cup of Nations, yeah, you talk about in times gone by losing Drogba or losing Eto because hey, they're just as proud. <laughs> They're just as proud as any other country player to play for their place of birth. Um, and you might find in this World Cup in Qatar, hey, look, it's been decided. They've been building. It's a fuck-up, but they have to honour it. Um, that's what we're probably going to be faced with. And whoever's got to manage that in Sid Blatter's Good luck. happy absence <laughs> is going to have to be a bit of a special character. I was going to say, I'll be a happy I, absence for I, that I actually think there might be a few players who take the bizarre... Effort of actually deciding to boycott. It wouldn't be bizarre though. It I would don't... be just a reinforcement of something that's becoming more and more evident as time goes on, and that it and that's that club football is where it's at. That's... The idea that you can fuck around all of the different um, club leagues in order to host a once every four year event where these teams who pretty much don't play any fixtures of note for the three years in between are now thrown into a ring together and, and told let's do it. I actually reckon let's bring it on. Let's let's secede. Club power. Mm. I'm embracing my inner unionist here. <laughs> We're shorting when I need him. Well, well the club perspective's been there for got the last decade, or you could pretty much say from when the Champions League really started yeah. gaining traction. To shit all over the World Cup. Essentially. Um, <laughs> and four uh, times as often. The argument about the Champions League being a higher quality of football than a World Cup's been there for at least the last decade. Um, for me, it's not so much being better quality, but more relevant. They spend so much more time with these guys. You know, that's how you know these guys. If you said, who does Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi play for? People will say Barcelona. They won't say Argentina. Mm-hmm. This this how we know you. <laughs> and yet, uh, you every player that I can think of that you'd want to see in a tournament is so like not, not Messi. Then <laughs> is likely to lean towards the romantic side of I want to play for my country and I'm proud of mm-hmm. where I come from. I want to achieve glory for that country. And Messi's actually a prime example, which is ironic given the fact that he hasn't. Well, a, he hasn't, and for most of his career, his country rejected him. Um, this country said, no, he's that kid from Spain for, mu- for much of his career. It's we only in the last two that, that they've around here. <laughs> it's only in the last two that they've really said, actually, wait, no, he's the best we've ever seen. Um, really? I thought <laughs> he's, he's not even that good. <laughs> um, so well, let's have a look at it. How many World Cups have we won? Focus. <laughs> Fat lot of good you were. Messi. 
Black Metal Maradona's coaching in the first instance, but anyway. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. You can't say that. Um, Not enough hands of God, is that what you're saying? I think more... <laughs> They're too more busy the problem uh, snorting things. <laughs> he's that good that both the coaching staff and the team thought he was going to do it all for them when that lineup on paper is beautiful. Mm. Um, for the beautiful game. Indeed. Um, and he's, he's a hell of a player, but if he doesn't have the system that he grew up with, it's not as easy for him to do what he does. Oh, it's simple. Former players do not automatically good coaches maketh. I mean, James Hurd. Yeah. Voss. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there'd be countless examples, too countless to count throughout all the different sports of, yeah, of um, evidence of that. But, you know, we've got to organise jobs for the boys somehow, and now that Darsol and co have pretty much taken all the commentary spots, well, <laughs> coaching's pretty much the only thing they've got left, isn't it? Right, Scotty? <laughs> no! <laughs> um, but I would just like to say that the guitar bid moves me. To a bigger house! Uh-oh. <laughs> I said this up out loud and the loud part's up. Um, yeah, I think it's unfortunately going to be a blot, but we can only be glad... Not a blat, though. <laughs> a blotter. Yeah. We can only be glad of his removal slash... We're greater for having dignified, lost and no one can hear this, but dignified I, I and inverted commas. They're, ex- so, they're so looming large that people will actually hear them. Okay, good, good. The air quotes just Aud- became audio based. <laughs> audio <laughs> air that quotes. Good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it can only be a good thing. Um, and while the Australian World Cup a bid committee <laughs> agree with that sentiment, but... there'll be a legacy of his reign of evil. But uh, with the right person in charge, and I'm not sure who that should be, with the right person in charge, we'll get there. Um, and only I can rid you of this scourge blatter. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm just very, very concerned that all that's going to happen is he'll hand it over to one of his cronies and we'll mm. continue, you know, normal service will then mm. resume. I mean, I'm yet to see any evidence that things will actually change. Possibly because I've been sort of, you know, so used to this throughout the years with the ICC that, I'm, yeah, I don't exactly have much confidence in the ability of sporting organisations to reinvent themselves. But, I mean, they've taken that first tiny, minuscule little baby step. Yeah, agree. There's still 99.9999% of the work to be done. I think where we're at now is we can head in one of two directions. Where, like you say, there's a replacement, but learning from Blatter, they'll be better yeah. at hiding their shit. Yeah. Um, or you get a bunch of guys saying, "Hey, actually, this is the opportunity for me to step up." I'm. I believe, My time is now. Yeah. I believe in a certain vision for world football, and there are a few characters like that around. It's just yeah. a case of who's got the better weight. Or there are always uh, characters like that around. Or it doesn't mean they can get past the well, whatever the uh, BCCI equivalent of so, FIFA and is. That's what I was talking about before. Where it's somebody who understands they're going to have to manage some of this shit through. Yeah. Um, over a longer period of time. So, yes, we're still going to have it in Bring the Bring your plunger. Because we can't suddenly dump it on um, somewhere that's not prepared. We don't want to show favour... <laughs> the new guy! <laughs> we don't want to show favouritism by giving it to a country that's already got the facilities because that's a bad look for us from the start. We have to accept Qatar is going to be part of it. We've got to manage that well except, and then look to the future. Except yeah. the 32 fatalities um, due to heat stroke that will take place throughout the tournament. Well, yeah, you'd hope they'd come up with a strategy to either shift the World Cup dates. They've still got time to do that. 
Um, it's not going to happen though. See, that's the thing. I'm but all they all they shift other things to try and mitigate it. Now it's tough, and this is what I mean. You've got to have somebody that's willing to manage that stuff, and then say, okay, now that we're done with probably the biggest but not only piece of shit that Blatter left us with, now what are we talking about, or I just what worry, are we moving to having planned it before? But I just worry that there's so much to deal with with that legacy factor. Then, mm. like, you, you can't get past it. Oh, like, well, it, that, that's a. It's not necessarily an unrealistic view on things. It's somewhat defeatist. Mm. Um, Maybe our children's children or our children's children's children. I think, I think what we're faced with is the double-edged sword that is the power of football being the world game in that it's created that legacy um, where people have abused it. Yeah, because they're much more responsible with that title. Um, <laughs> It's been abused because of its power, uh, but like people a, will tolerate it because they love the game. And really, what's not to love? But yeah, the with game, the, the game, of the administration, the game itself will endure, and people will still enjoy it, etc., etc., etc. I mean, you could say the exact same thing about Test cricket, and I sincerely fucking hope that that is the case. I think the corruption is going to... It might not necessarily dissipate, but it's going I to be a lot harder to get past yeah. well, going the, forward. I think the sponsors will hold them a lot more accountable now. They because it makes, the, it makes their brand look really bad. And it's interesting to see how many of them who actually came out and commented in the wake of all of these things say, sort shit out or we're gone. Mm. Well, that's a very good point, because let's be honest, like money talks and bullshit walks. If yep. we actually want to achieve results... Then let's have the McDonald's, the Coca-Colas, the whatever Budweiser. other ubiquitous the Budweiser, organizations sponsor these things. Let's have them come out and say, nah, All of these are what? opinions only. Nah. <laughs> We're not interested in, in uh, sponsoring that absolute fucking train wreck of a World Cup in Qatar. Mm. Might sound racist, but hey... We're just big old racists. And um, that's, to be honest, I'd almost prefer if they took that approach. It's like, no, we're not going to honour your agreement that you had, which was done through shady backroom deals and all sorts so of the, 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 the problem you, is, you is guys, that it's, it's like Blatter as well, though, is that you cut one off and five will come up in its place. <laughs> but, whoa! <laughs> this, is, this is the thing, because, like I said, the two paths are either you've done such a good job of bringing all of that stuff out and got rid of it, the that it's really hard to do the, do the same or similar um, cover-ups again. Or, yes, they get better at hiding it. Yeah. Now, I'm not in a position to say which way it's going to go, but I think that's the point that we're at. And as far as sponsors are concerned, yes, it's all good and fine to come out in the media and say X, Y, and Z. But there were people... Condemn. There are two hands that go under the table. Yeah. Uh, one receives money, one passes it. Um, the other, yeah, the other does the research. Well, as I say, I thought it was, it was very funny that Nike and, Nike and EA refused to comment. <laughs> I thought that that was, that was quite telling in itself. Well, this is the beauty of a no comment. Yeah. It's telling, but telling how. Yeah. Um, Good point. That's deep. Um, Damn. And nobody can ever say. We might need to do a fan-focused survey on that. <laughs> to get into this. Well, God knows so, they can't ask intelligent questions. Um, yes. So, in summary... In summary... Um, Happy that at least the right movements are being made, i.e. Blatter moving out. Um, could I wish for it to happen right now? Yes. I hope it happens sooner rather than later. 
Uh, are there legacies that come from his reign of crap? Yes. Um, do I do I have more hope for FIFA than I did before? Also, yes. Um, the doe-eyed optimist. Good for, good for you, maybe. But realistically, yes, there are still some risks that things nope. don't stay the, the optimism. <laughs> don't stay the same, but um, same, same, but different. Corruption finds sneakier or smaller ways to persist, but hopefully, on the whole, is uh, not the main focus of FIFA. 